0: Your favorite radio host, your only radio host and favorite girl, of course, broadcasting to you from the lovely island of Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean on Between the Lines. And, you know, we do it here on Between the Lines, always with gratitude or thankfulness. And I'm thankful once again to be here to always be able to bring great content to you. Hopefully great tips, giveaways, takeaways, things that can uplift your life as it does for me in having discussions with all these different experts from across the world. Isn't that amazing? So I have Sharon Valenti here with me today, and today we're talking about your life, yeah? What are you searching for? We're all searching for different things. In the first place, why are you searching? Hmm? Why are you searching? Don't even know. Mm -hmm. Sharon is going to share a bit about that, and let me tell you a bit about Sharon. So Sharon's thirst for knowledge led her to spend time in various places around the U.S., India, and the shores of Indonesia. Consistently pursuing her own awakening, she is motivated to help others do the same and seek a shift within themselves. Sharon has an innate nature for helping others, and helping others. And through deep processes and intensive contemplation, has been successful in doing so. Her ability to help others do the same makes her a gifted teacher. We are all, we all have our own. Individual gifts. No one, no one is more than the other. And we're gonna check out her website a little bit later, as you know we do here on this on this show, Between the Lines. So let's get straight into it. What are you
1: searching for, Sharon? I am actually no longer really searching outside of wanting to help others find peaceful thoughts. So that's nice these days. You know. If we- if I ask you, would you like a billion dollars or peaceful thoughts? Which would you choose?
0: Peaceful thoughts
1: every time, right? Because yes. you really worried about that billion dollars. At that point? Yeah,
0: yeah. Because the billion dollars might bring me—it may bring me some stress. You know, friends coming to want money from me, having expectations, whatever. Although I would love to have both. Why can't I have both? That's the type of person that I am. I would love to have both because. The money itself can also bring me peace. Why do people think that the money is going to bring problems? My thinking is the money can bring peace because it's what I do with the money. I can decide to do more humanitarian work, more of the things that I that I that I want to do with it. It might be to for self pleasure. Although obviously I'm going to do things with the money, but I'm also going to give and help
1: somebody else in need. So it works both ways. Yeah. Understood. Peaceful thoughts will still outweigh everything simply because when you've got those, it's not that, oh, which organization should I give it to? This, this, this. There's no peacefulness in that either, but having peaceful thoughts brings clarity, and that's what people are looking for is clarity and that peacefulness, and too often people look for those peaceful thoughts in all the wrong ways, a bit like looking for love in all the wrong ways, all the wrong areas. They might turn to drugs or alcohol or food or Mm -hmm. other types of addictions. And not even realize that what it is they're looking for are these peaceful thoughts.
0: I want to make a comment on what you said there a while ago with the addictions and with sex and with love and stuff like that. I see those things as ways of numbing numbing what you're what you really want so these addictions are really to block out having to deal with let's call it your reality or whatever you may be dealing with um instead of facing it yeah yeah and 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 to get to peaceful thoughts you have to embrace you have to accept you have to face those demons head on sharon
1: i agree with you a hundred percent however i agree with you no howevers so <laughs> most people, what it is is they don't understand that it's those internal deep underlying beliefs that are causing all of the suffering. So let's track it back to when we're quite young. So for example, mm-hmm. if my mother um, my mother says, I'm going to spank you when I get finished washing the dishes because I did something that displeased her, my little three-year-old mind Says, Mommy doesn't love me. I'm a bad girl. And Mm. that sticks. That's not what my mother said, but that's what I interpreted Mm -hmm. it to be. And this continues throughout life. It gets reinforced when you get into school and maybe you talk too much and the teacher stands you in the corner. Okay, I'm a bad girl. I'm a bad girl. I'm a bad girl. And so it, it has now taken root. And then My peers, I might have a falling out with one of my friends or a couple of my friends in school, or they do something and I interpret it that they're leaving me out of something, oh, poor me. I'm training myself to be the victim. And as I grow older, and this really now is rooted unconsciously in me, I will continue to attract more of the same. This is how the bully, has also got a lot of internal beliefs going on, misdirects his, his unhappiness and suffering. He is able to identify the victim, the child that he can bully, because that child too, they're both giving off a specific kind of vibration and they're both victims in life. And again, this could show up in adult life in the form of domestic violence, in a lot of cases with the women, even with the men. And then again, people not fully understanding it's those underlying beliefs that are a current, an ongoing current. It's like a stream constantly running that's been paved over with cement. We don't realize it's still there, but we know we're absolutely miserable, right? So that's it. Let me take a drink. Oh, I feel pretty mellow now. The problems aren't so bad. Let me do the drug. Let me turn to pornography. And none of it creates satisfaction. It's a temporary fix, as we know and it gets when it that one drink or one whatever is no longer enough then it increases it increase. it's that elusive looking for love peace happiness in all the wrong places so to speak so for me personally a little bit of my background if I may I grew up in a household of two alcoholic parents, and my mother was one of those very violent, abusive individuals. By today's standards, she probably would have been arrested, and back then, though, it was acceptable. We heard, spare the rod and spoil the child, and it was very much enforced in the generation I grew up in, and all those underlying beliefs were taking place in me and I was believing that I was unlovable, unwanted, not enoughness, some form of, you know, not good enough, tall enough, small enough, short enough, etc. And that did continue in school. The odd times I got poor grades, that was reinforced, oh, you're not good enough, you're not getting good grades, you must be a bad person, you must be a dummy, so on and so forth. And when I was eight years old, my father took advantage of my body, and I shut that down in my mind as it was too much for me to comprehend as an eight-year-old. And I couldn't go to my mother and tell her about it because I was petrified of my mother and the physical abuse. And again, I had unknowingly taken on that it was my fault that it happened, that I was to blame If I had have never been born, this would have never happened. And again, you know, when you're a child, this is just how your mind goes. Here are these two adults who are supposed to love and take care of you. They're your heroes in life. And they're doing the very thing to you that they've told you is never supposed to happen to you. So there's a lot of confusion in there, too. And many years later, when I was, I think, in my 30s, I buried that memory, and it surfaced again in my 30s, and I really had an opportunity to sit and look at that moment in time and see what had taken place inside of my mind. And it was the effect of a, like a guillotine came down, and one part of my mind was functioning normally, so to speak, and the other part had shut out this horror. And as I mentioned, when I looked back and I was able to really sit with this, I I saw that I had taken on all this blame and shame. But what happened out of that event and all the punishing times from my mother is is these um, interactive with other people patterns took place. So what happened with my father? I I misinterpreted where to look for love. And I, I, I took on unconsciously that if I let men touch me, that that meant they loved me. And of course there was such an emptiness inside of me because it just wasn't true. I had so distorted the facts as a child and the violence that I received from my mother for years and years and years became so familiar and so normal. And while it was incredibly painful, it never, I didn't even know the word abuse, actually. It was just, I heard, spare the rod, spoil the child, and a lot of other one-liners that I'll talk about. And that took me into a very abusive 16-year marriage, and again, the familiarity and the toxicity of that relationship was so familiar even though it was life threatening that i made it my fault oh you know i must be a bad wife a bad woman etc yes it's my fault that my husband beats me and yes i believe that he doesn't want to do this every time he apologizes i'm the trigger for it and then one day i had enough i just thought i'm going to die if this keeps on So I made plans to remove myself and my two children from that environment. And it wasn't easy. And there's lots of emotions and lots of fear of the unknown um, out there. Anyhow, I did it. And this man stalked me for years. And just one day I was able to get rid of it. The local community college was having a Uh, uh, develop self-confidence course, and I thought, oh, this is exactly what I need, so I signed up for it, and it was in one of their off-site trailers that they used, and I showed up for the first night, and I was the only student who showed up, so so they canceled it, so I wasn't deterred, thank goodness, I was at that right point, right mindset that no matter what, I have to move forward and save myself and save my children to the best of my ability. So I started going to the library and getting every book that I could read, self-help type of book. And I took bits and pieces out of each book and I applied them to my life. mean, it's pointless to read a self-help book if you're not going to implement what you're reading. And I started listening to things and I started attending some meetup groups that were more on what I want to call the spiritual level or the law of attraction level. And what started happening was my mindset, my belief system began to change. And then I had a, a, I listened to, I forget what it's, I know the name is Holosync. I listened to a Holosync program, which is a A subliminal program for 12 years. And as part of that program, I was able to create my own power statements and affirmations. So I listened to those. And that really did a lot of good in my system. And then I went to a particular program that was all about finding those underlying beliefs and questioning whether they're even true. And in that many years process, I was able to bring up all these not enoughness kind of beliefs, and I discovered that not one of them were true. You know, there's particular stories that we play over and over and over in our minds, and the situation may have happened once or twice, but we've replayed it a thousand times And I remember one specific thing was I had worked in a pharmaceutical company and a clinical, I was always smiling, always smiling, always saw the bright side of life. And a clinical scientist made the comment, it's not normal for people to always be smiling. I heard, I'm not normal because I'm always smiling. And that was one of those moments that just kept replaying in my mind until. I sat still and I was able to go back to that moment and I saw it so clearly in my mind where she was standing, where I was standing, the conversation and I heard very clearly what she had said was exactly what I said. It's not normal for people to be smiling all the time. That was such a moment of enlightenment, of clarity And it was like a weight was suddenly lifted from me. Thoughts never come back again. And there have been many moments in life that we all experience like that. One or two things just keep repeating over and over. And if we were to sit and look at it and question whether it's really true, can we just 100% know that's the way it was, we'll find that it's not so, that it's actually not the other person who has done it to us, it's our self that's done it. So in that instance, I told myself, I'm not normal because I'm always smiling. And that shut me down from smiling quite a, for quite a long time to the degree that I always did. Anyhow, once I cleared that up, there was such freedom. And that has simply continued as I have looked at all these moments in time where I was suffering what I thought was somebody else's hand, and I've been able to take it in and sit with it and find that it's not true. You know, I've also learned that there are three kinds of business, and this is an important piece in our lives. There's your business, and there's the divine's business, and there's my business. And the only time we ever get into trouble in our minds is if we're in somebody else's business, whether we're voicing something out loud or whether we're simply thinking of it. And I like to give the example, let's say we're out in a restaurant or out in a mall or just out in general, and we see someone coming towards us and they're wearing something in particular, and we think to ourselves, oh my gosh, what were they thinking when they dressed like that today? And we kind of take it upon ourselves to judge how they should be. And whose business is it how someone else dresses or how I dress or you dress? It's it's their business, how they dress. And we do this all day long. We could be thinking about the day ahead of us and a specific person we're going to encounter, and we get this entire conversation going on in our mind, and it might not be so pleasant. And of course, we're always the winner in our own mental conversation. And by the time we actually see that person, we might have a little blood pressure problem. Now we're all risen up here, and we see that person, and they don't understand why we're chilly with them. And it's a shame because they're really the innocent, aren't they? They have no idea that we have had this conversation going on in our mind. And we do this day in, day out, day in, day out. And another truth is everything is real inside of here, but it's not true. And we terrify ourselves frequently with the thoughts that we are creating and we are believing that they're true. They haven't even happened and we're believing them. So it's difficult when you understand all of this and you begin to practice being conscious of what you're doing and thinking all day. You can no longer blame anything outside of yourself. You begin to take full responsibility. For example, It's not your job to support me or take care of me or love me or like me. That's my job to do that for myself. I am honestly the only person that knows what that looks like. You could try and guess. You could try and do the best you can. But that's my expectation. And if I were to put that on you... Then I put this tremendous burden on you to make me feel good. And it's impossible for you to do that. It's impossible for anyone to do that outside of ourself. And hopefully there's a big understanding and an aha moment in what I'm saying here. We like to make other people responsible for our well-being. And it's really not fair to them any more than if... They blame you for their unhappiness or their misery. We're not responsible for another person. Nor are we responsible for how anyone perceives us. If you think about that, if one of your friends does a Cirque du Soleil act, they actually don't know if you're going to like that and think it's marvelous or are you going to think they're nuts, right? And it's the same. So many times we are so concerned about what another is thinking of us that we shut down completely. That's what the fear of public speaking is about. We go on a stage or we think we're going to go on a stage and we are terrified of what people are going to think of us. We have no control over what they think of us. Just get out there and talk, say what it is you want to say and trust everything is going to be fine. And even if it isn't, we still don't have much control over that. If we forget to say something, that's fine. Don't beat yourself up for it. It's a lovely follow-up opportunity. Hey, just wanted to reach out and get in touch and let you know this as well. Very easy, but we get ourselves all worked up in our imaginations that something is going to go wrong. If you trip going up on the stage, great. You just show you're a human being, not a robot. It really is that simple. It's just what we create in our minds. Have you ever had that experience, Corinne? You're on you're on mute.
0: Sorry, I, I forgot I was I was listening to you so intently. You drop so many nuggets, you know, across the whole span of life what people can be going through, and of course. It, you know, those challenges are not unique to you, you know, although we would like to claim them as if they're unique and make us special. We all go through it. We all go through it in different ways, whether we want to talk about it or not. But one of the things that I want to share as we, we come into the end of it is, you know, we are all born to parents. Parents were born to their parents and so on and so forth and so we come into this world including our parents innocently to parents depending on them solely because we can't we can't do anything we don't have that capability and i and i think this is you know i i just had a moment there just a few seconds ago where this is how the world is meant to be this is how life is meant to be where we are given a blank slate we are placed in the hands of someone something and we we are influenced by that and at some point in our lives we wake up and we realize this is not how i would like it to be or how it is meant to be for me and we do something about it but the thing about it is that we have to learn forgiveness i have learned to forgive because just as we were innocently born which is why i mentioned it at the beginning our parents were innocently born so when Things that they do to us will seem harsh. It would have come from their parents or their exposure. That is what they learn, and people can only show you what they learn. Hurt people hurt people. They don't know any different. This is what they know. And so we have to come to a, a level in our life that. Is that a cat? we have to come. yeah, we, they have to come ooh, at a level in our lives where we have to embrace and see them. instead of blaming and creating more animosity, vexation, anger buckling up that inside of us and making us more uglier, ugly. you know, older, can't relate to other people, we have to learn to forgive. And we have to talk about all these things. Because a lot of our parents don't want to talk about it either because it brings up hurt for them. Exactly. And so if we don't try to break those cycles, break those generational curses or whatever they may be that's passing down, we will not ever get over it. And and you mentioned about marriage and, and the toxicity and your children and whatever. It passed down. Yes. And we have to take it in hand. And and I, I am not married and I have been thinking more about it lately. When I say more about it, as I'm planning to, but in the sense of, do I want to be married? And I know I have things within me that I need to deal with and we are always a work in progress. But I have come to the conclusion for myself until God puts that man in front of me and says, Corrine, this is the man for you. This He has to tell me that. He has to show me that with that guy. I am not convinced up until this day, October, whatever it is, that, they, that a man is in front of me that I should be considering that way. Nobody has come into my space that has convinced me without a doubt that this is what is meant to be. Other than that, I plan to, yes, have interaction. I may have relationships with people, but because I see marriage as a very serious, very, very serious thing, I don't take it lightly at all, and I'm not going into it because that's not my personality for the sake of just saying, ooh, I'm married, Uh, ooh, whatever. No, I am not into that. And to produce children as a result of that, we need to spend time on ourselves. We need to learn who we are. We need to deal with the triggers. We need to heal. We need to mind shift. We need to move away from what we were taught, what has been influencing us to become a better version of ourselves. I want to switch now, uh, uh, Sharon, to your website, while you give any final comments. And I want you to help me as I navigate to your website, if there's anything that you wish to
1: focus on, any giveaways, anything at all. Well, two things before we delve into my website. For Mm -hmm. your listeners, I call them one-liners. This is a way that you can find what some of your underlying beliefs are. Mm -hmm. We're actually just changing that entire website And so I wouldn't even show this. It's going to look different when they get out there. (laughs) But the one liners that we heard that I heard was children should be seen and not heard, Mm -hmm. speak only when spoken to, waste not want not, Um, stop crying, you made your bed now lie in it. If you write down all those kinds of things that you heard, so waste not want not has the ability to unconsciously create that fear of not enough. And starving children in Europe creates that fear that there's not going to be enough food to eat and may cause you to overstock your shelves and things like that. Um, Stop crying or I'll give you something more to cry about. Now that causes us to shut down our emotions and we don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So think of all those. Paid no attention to what Corinne is showing you. Wow. Relationship restoration. Pay no attention to what Corinne is showing you. This
0: <laughs> is your website, Sharon. <laughs> you
1: know, it literally is in the in the moment of being changed. That's actually now entitled to be the eight principles. These are mm. the eight <laughs> principles <laughs> that will revolutionize your inner beliefs. This is this is about all relationships that we have with everyone. We tend to do things, and I talked about that earlier. And when you're talking about marriage, oftentimes people go into relationships as either independent or, de- or codependent dependent rather than interdependent. And when you're interdependent, you're accepting one another. You're not trying to change each other. That's the person... You fell in love with. Why are you going to try and change them? You know, they're unconscious things that we do. And there's lots of underlying beliefs underneath that. So I would invite you to go to blueprintforstressrelease.com. And again, literally today I was on the phone with my web guy. This is going to be its own website um, with just this self-paced, self-study course. That's why you're getting that, because he's working on it. And you are welcome to reach out to me if you'd like to discuss more about what this course is, or if you are interested in a free consultation about what you could expect from uh, individual coaching sessions. I usually do those in a package of five. I find that's the magic number. And you can reach me That was from when we did a trip to India. That picture, we were there for 33 days. It was very interesting trip. They blessed us with rice, I think it was on our foreheads. Um, This is a very in-depth course that gets gets you right away, bringing up all those hidden beliefs and uh, very, very different. And it has the effect of a 360 degree turnaround in your life very powerful so you can reach me at info at blueprint for stress release or info at is awesome awesome
0: awesome so we were looking at the blueprint and of course i I was fixated here when you said don't pay attention to koree and of course yeah you people can check the testimonials here the testimonials are powerful check out the six weeks interactive course we're at the end of our interview Sharon and it's been awesome you have you have a really lovely website it's like a it looks like a menu you know a little um what you what you call that little plates (laughs)
1: little
0: place and you can select what you want to eat (laughs) I like it I like it it's cool but thank you so much Sharon and you know what you've shared about your personal life is really riveting. And um, I know it's deep. I know it's deep. And it's deep for a lot of us. And like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, no one uh, trigger or issue or hurt or pain is more than the other. Everybody knows what they feel and how deep it is. And it's, it's not for anyone to discount it or look to validate it or try to up, up yours. Right. You know, That's- one up one-up yours you yeah, yeah, yeah. to get more attention that's totally ridiculous and childish and yeah. so i thank you so much sharon for sharing for for being able to talk about such a sensitive issue or issues you know in your in your life thus far but the main thing like i say to people is you have overcome or you're overcoming because it's a progress it's a continuous you know work in progress so thank it's, you so much for being on between the lines it's been a pleasure you having you
1: believe me thank you very much